Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you right now from New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Um, and my guest today is Jonathan Grisbowski, and Jonathan is a Philadelphia native. So we're just having a little chat in the in the green room, so to speak. He's um, uh, from where Stephanie and I used to hail from, pretty close. Anyway, let me tell you about him. He is the Chief Marketing Officer and Co-Founder of Penji, which is an on-demand graphic design service that is fast, simple, and affordable. After experiencing firsthand how difficult it was to find talented graphic designers for his business, Jonathan and his co-founder launched Penji in 2017. Their goal was to provide an innovative solution by making essential tools and resources more accessible and affordable for entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders. Penji has been named as a top startup to watch, according to Philadelphia Magazine, and mentioned in major publications like Success, Huffington Post, Forbes, and Inc., just to name a few that you may have heard from. Prior to Penji, Jonathan founded multiple marketing-related startups and worked for Apple, um, he is also the host of Blind Entrepreneurship. It's a podcast that has been mentioned as a top business podcast on Apple Podcasts and downloaded over 100,000 times. It's just very cool. Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to uh, be on the show and share my story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is actually a, a redate that we were supposed to do the interview like two weeks ago and we were yeah. stuck in like 45 knot winds. And my I, I my, my biggest... The biggest challenge I have with this lifestyle is what I call boat Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi was cutting in and out. So I said, <laughs> I don't like doing that to people. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that you that you rescheduled. Yeah, and and I'm I'm happy to hear that you guys are all safe and living the dream of a boat life, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm um I'm 61, so um it, I'm 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 still young at heart, and uh, you know, we we've worked really really hard to kind of kind of build this business, and and we raised four kids, and we just figured we're not going to wait for some uh, mythical age where it's okay to go do this. You know, I still mm -hmm. work, I still run my business from the boat. Um, you know, I'm a, a business coach for 10 years, and it's like you know, I, I want to do this and we want to go have some adventure while we're young and, and healthy enough. And I used to joke around, I don't want to be so old when I finally say yes, that my, my bones are so brittle. I break my legs mm -hmm. getting into my boat. So, so we've been doing this for three years now. That's awesome. I mean, I have a very similar uh, dream, um, not on water, but more on land. Um, a dream of mine is to uh, complete my, my life uh, as a technologist and an entrepreneur, so to speak. And right off into the sunset, buy a ton of land in like a remote region, wine region of like France or Italy or something like that. Um, grow grapes, uh, grow apple trees for cider and wine um, and uh, house friends and, and build a really awesome community of people to just cook food, share stories, laugh, cry. Uh, and have fun. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting that, um, well, first of all, I have no doubt you'll do it. And, you know, I, I would, um, 
you know, p- part of my backstory was I got cancer at 41. So I, I quickly found out how short life can be. I'm grateful mm, you know, 20 years later, but you know, all of a sudden, you know, you never know what life holds. And so I can tell just when you described your, that dream, Jonathan, you, you described it with so much detail. I think you're going to do it, but I would encourage mm-hmm. you, you know, just figure out how you can do it without saying, you know, okay, after this, or I sell the business, you know, it's, it's crazy what, what this, world and technology allows us to do we can literally run businesses anywhere from in, from anywhere in the world a hundred percent uh and it's really interesting you say that that's currently my mindset now is thinking about that it's it, when, when you run a business it's hard to be able to just like put your mind uh 100 in in all these different things so to speak because mm-hmm. your brain is operating on pistons at least mine is i i literally have to some days i have to stop and meditate for five minutes just to gain my sense of gravity so to speak because i'm just constantly floating from one thing to the next yeah um and so yeah i mean i can totally relate to that and it's good it's a good thing that you mentioned that because this is like the universe telling me that i need to remind myself to keep keep looking ahead and keep moving forward you know what's interesting is when um when we when we started this, there was you know we lived in the same house for almost thirty years, neighbors, family, you know, and it, and and it was like half the people thought, wow, that's great, go do it. Half the other people thought we were completely nuts, you know. Yeah. Well, I've never driven a boat in the ocean before. Well, we're gonna go figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's been, and what I realized is some of the decisions that I made, you know early on and even to some degree today as an entrepreneur, it's, it's stepping up and stepping out and, and really getting outside your comfort zone. I mean, Stephanie and I have experienced two or three things in three years, which I never want to do again, but it's like, man, we handled them. We'd made it. We're safe. And, you know, someday when we're, when we're, you know, not able to keep doing this, we're going to just not have any regrets. That's my biggest thing is, is yeah. not having regrets. Yeah. Love it, man. Love, uh, I envy your lifestyle and I, and I, want to continue working as hard as I do in order to make sure that I obtain uh, that dream. So I, I, I really, uh, it's really amazing to hear um, how you're living your life. I'll share one more thing, then we're going to dive in. But I, I, I love this topic. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you ever listen to my show, but I, I just love yeah. going down these little, little tracks. I think yeah. I've been doing seven years. And what some people have told me is that um, they, they feel like they're just listening to a conversation between two people instead of it being, if you were trapped on an island, what would be the one book? <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But um, ah, I forgot my point. Now I know what my point is. What one, one thing you want to do, because I, I suspect you're, you're, quite a bit younger than I am, but figure out what your life is, what you'd like it to be, what it's going to take to get there. Because as entrepreneurs, and I used to be like this, it was just more, more, more. Let's do another business. Let's do this. And it was just constant chase of more. And then we got, Steph and I got really clear about what we wanted to do. Like after, you know, as I kind of described 12 years of 80 hours a week, I said, I just want to work three days a week. So I figured out how to work three days a week Mm -hmm. so we can travel Friday through Monday and we'll be somewhere in a marina for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I work with my clients. You got to get very clear in what it is other than just more you know what I mean yeah absolutely yeah and I just read the book uh principles by Ray Dalio and and it's just a matter of like writing them things down for the longest time I I would keep a lot of the ideas in my own head Mm -hmm. um and that's not good at all (laughs) so oh I've been I've been uh, recently I've been writing things down I've been journaling I've been jotting it just like you know idea here boom put it on my to-do list uh, vision principle, write it down in my, my principle board on my f- computer, so to speak, and then just revert back to it and use it as a Bible. And I actually have a sheet that's called 
looking at it now. It's called Playbook. And it's literally, it literally has my principles. It has uh, the, uh, looking at the personal finances, all the links that I need to have in order to just like one click and go. Uh, I have um, notes for all of our uh, employees uh, of like recognizable and memorable moments that they've uh, shared with me and I've shared with them. So I can look back at it and just remember like, okay, well, this is the, this is the type of person and this is who they are and this is what they want at the end of the day. And here's what I want at the end of the day too. So um, for those that are listening, I, I, I recommend writing these things down as you, as you mentioned, Jim, and, and be able to just visualize it as much as you possibly can. Yeah. So Jonathan, um, did you, did you go to college? Did you then get a job and then leave to become an entrepreneur? Were you an entrepreneur your, your whole life? Um, I think I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, I started at 14 mowing lawns as many others do, uh, got the bug of just, of, of that, uh, that feeling, uh, of freeness and, uh, worked for Apple at some point in time at 18, worked there until I was about 23, 24 ish. Um, and then was just really depressed and sad from just the grind of, nine to five and telling somebody to tell you what, when to clock in and clock out. And, and I, and I work probably four times the amount of what I did then, but it's just more so solving a problem. Yep. And I think for me, it's, it's a lot to do with like a, a jigsaw puzzle or, or a Rubik's cube that is like a million different cubes. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's so hard in order to crack because a new cube, a whole, whole row of cubes comes in uh, maybe three or four or even 10 throughout the day. So I like to think that I was always this way. It wasn't something that like I studied, although I did go to college at Rutgers university and I studied business management, but it was just more so like this innate feeling. And I actually do believe that entrepreneurs are, are born uh, and not necessarily can be taught or can be combed. That's just a personal opinion and belief. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that I've always been this way. So when you started um, before you uh, co-founded Penji, you said you had a uh, digital marketing agency. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. The digital marketing agency, well, believe it or not, when I quit Apple, I, I started a digital marketing agency that did uh, social media for restaurants. So I'd go in, take pictures, and, and I actually originally bartered food. And, and bartered instead of like uh, uh, contracts that said, Hey, I'll do this for food. So I knew that if I went to the restaurant, I would always have a place to eat. So that mental clarity of just like not having to find your next meal is really important. <clears throat> then it, it morphed into like website design and we worked with universities and, and uh, large businesses and middle sized businesses, even small businesses for like website maintenance and SEO and content marketing and graphic design and stuff like that. And the one thing that they always told us, we were really bad at, at delivering results. So just to be perfectly honest, yeah. but no matter what the people complained, uh, they said that our graphic design was really good. And so then we surveyed close to like 200 people or so to uh, ask them what their problems were in their business. And a lot of people said finding reliable talent. And then that's when we kind of knew that if one people, if, if, if a lot of our clients said that we were good at one thing, um, and a lot of uh, the people that we surveyed needed that one thing that we were good at. We knew that we needed to create a service around it. And then fast forward several years later, we, we created the service, added technology. Um, we became an Inc. 5000 company and 
I like to think that we're doing some, something pretty, pretty special. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I do agree. So many people, and it's funny um, when you're doing social media and everything always morphs back to, I need a website. Can you do that for me? So sometimes mm-hmm. there's like project creep, but when, you know, when you're doing great graphics, it's so important. I mean, God, you see such, you see people just grab some, you know, images from Google and sometimes it has the copyright on it and they put their own quote over it and stuff. So you guys, is that, you were kind of a little bit of visionaries that way and, and, and saw a need and, and that was your, that was the next business, Penji? Yeah. I mean, essentially, I mean, if, I mean, look, at, if you go to get jimpalmer.com, you, you can kind of see not to, to plug here. Um, you can kind of see that your graphics are really good. And if they were done poorly you'd probably the people that are listening the people that are working with you they they probably wouldn't want to work with you anymore after that so um we believe that like that quality graphics is needs to be more accessible to those who deserve it people may not be able to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on a monthly basis to obtain agency level talent um, so we're trying to make it more accessible in order for everybody to look good and so if everybody looks good then you have the the battle between quality service and that's kind of like what we want people to be known for is the the quality of their work it's like going into a job interview and 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 wearing a nice suit right right or wearing a nice dress you feel so much more confident knowing that you have quality uh and and a team behind you that can deliver on time and that is always available and and, and mind you can make you look pretty good. So if you're able to obtain that confidence, you're more, most likely able to make a more successful business because of it. Yeah. I learned a lesson good about 20, 25 years ago, I helped franchise a business and um, franchising is very expensive. And, um, but I always remember the owner of the business spent whatever it took to, whether we need, we're creating a, uh, you know, one of those pop-up displays when we're exhibiting or whether we're, you know, doing logos, all of it. He always, no matter how tight money was, he always says, Jim, you'll all, it's all about image. You know, people yeah. are going to make a decision based on what they see. So all, never, never shortcut and, you know, you know, get somebody at Fiverr or something like that. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but you know, people, people will create the, the very image of their business, which needs to reek of success and they'll use somebody, you know, that's, that's two, $2 an hour or something. Yeah. I mean, nothing against businesses that are like that um, because they, they have a need for those types of people for, for that type of work. But we like to think that, um, that you could obtain quality graphics, you could obtain a quality experience um, if you have that ongoing work and not necessarily have to pay like a crazy, crazy high prices. Uh, we're, we're definitely more expensive than, than like a freelance Fiverr type of, type of work. And not to mention everybody on our team is actually employees of ours and not just uh, freelancers. So that's always good too. Wow. Are they all over the place or do you have an actual office in Philly where everybody reports to work? So we have a global team. Um, Obviously our home base is located in Philadelphia, but we have team members and designers in uh, both coasts of the United States, uh, Asia, Europe, Central America. Wow. And um, you know, I was looking at the website. I mean, uh, 369 a month. I mean, that's, that's, that's very reasonable to get professional quality design work done. Yeah. I mean, if you're the type of person that is constantly designing for yourself, then those are the types of people that 
uh, we want to talk to. So there's a, a cost that is very hard to necessarily see, but it's the cost of displacement. And so if you could spend those two hours that you might be designing for your clients or for yourself, or maybe it's more than a 10 hours, who knows? What could you be doing within those 10 hours? And we like to think that a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs specifically, uh, have this idea of busy work. Like it feels good to be able to do things that are busy. You don't need to be doing the graphic design, even if you're the best graphic designer in your company. There's, I mean, unless you're an actual graphic designer, even then there might be like overflow work that you just don't want to do. Like there might be things that are above you, so to speak. Um, give that to a company like ours. You don't need to be creating Instagram quotes for your company. Um, you, if you're a quality graphic designer, you should probably be doing something a little bit more high end, a little bit more customer facing. Um, and there's thousands of other scenarios that I could discuss too, but that's just one of them. I'm curious how, how you're able to scale so quickly, um, you know, in this online, online world, especially, you know, there's a big VAs and, you know, just 1099 subcontracts, but you went the route of employees. Is that just so you have more stability and control or? Yeah, I think it's definitely about, definitely uh, about that. We also uh, want to make sure that the customer experience is similar throughout the way, throughout every single process um, through freelancers, and again, no disrespect, but they're, they're not bought into the culture as much as somebody would be of an employee. So we want people to understand our culture. We want them to understand that we treat them um, like family, like human beings. Uh, even if they are overseas talent, um, we want to make sure that they understand that we care about them and we care about their livelihood. In our definition, our opinion, our, our employees, our, our team members are number one. Uh, the customer is is second. And so we need to make sure that we're taking care of our people. And if we're able to take care of our people, they're able to take care of our customers. Do you, um, do most of your designers stay with a client or can clients, you know, if they need something, do they get whoever's available? It ultimately depends. So it's essentially the job of an account manager that gets assigned to every project for every customer. Uh, and so the account manager's job is to essentially find a uh, the, the right team member for that particular customer. Um, and then sometimes it's the same person. Sometimes it's different people. Like for example, a, a social media graphic is a, a lot easier than hand drawing a figure uh, or turning yourself into a character. It's two completely different skill sets of graphic design. So um, sometimes you don't want that same designer every single time. Yeah. And clearly different designers have different, you know, somebody's might be real good at social media. Somebody's real good at overall, you know, brand image or websites and things like that. Yeah. Um, what are some of the challenges that you face? I mean, again, I think you said you started just two years ago and, and you're growing very fast. What are some of the big challenges as, you know, one of the leaders of the company? So I think it comes in like ebbs and flows. So the beginning was getting customers. Yep. <laughs> cash flow. Cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you get to a point where your SEO is good and your advertising is on point and your brand messaging is crystal clear that resonates with your, your target audience. Um, and then it comes down to training. Uh, then it comes down to hiring. So I'd say right now we're at a point where we're trying to figure out um, how to bring people on board, how to train them and how to make sure that they're understanding in a very clear, very quick fashion. Um, 
I don't remember the original question, but I think other obstacles would be like uh, just constantly trying to reinvent yourself to, to be relevant to your general audience. I think it's very important to be able to speak a word or a sentence and be able to trigger uh, your target demographic in order to get them to potentially purchase. Yeah. Um, so what do, do you and do you and your partner uh, have different skill sets? Like, are you the creative type? Or are you more the organizational leader or how's I'm that more work? So like the, uh, the organizational, make sure everything is tightened up and make sure everything is, uh, is thought through thought thoroughly in, in, in like process day to day. Uh, I'm more like a systems engineer type of person. Mm -hmm. um, whereas my uh, business partner is more so like the, uh, the visionary that's able to uh, see things to completion and push people around to, to get that, to, to get the best out of those particular uh, per, that, that particular person or group. Yeah. I'm not sure if I saw it. I'm not sure if I saw it in a blog or something, but when I was preparing for the interview, there was, um, I saw something about how ego can, can destroy your business. I forget what I said, but can you talk about that yeah. a little bit? I mean, I think ego is incredibly important because it allows you to move, do things and move, move forward. But at the same time, when you're working with employees, when you're working with people, um, it's hard to get your ego uh, to, to get in the way of your own ego. And so what I like to think personally is that when I walk in through the door, the, the people that I surround myself, I'm no better than them. Um, in fact, they're most likely incredibly smarter than I am. And so when they come <laughs> up with a point, even if you go against it internally, you have to find a way to trust them because you hired them in the first place. So um, I think that's just the most important thing. Just letting your ego get the best of you ends up allowing you to make potentially catastrophic um, changes in your company. And so you just need to be able to assess that, okay, is this my, is this my ego talking right now? If so, um, what can I do to manage that? And, and I, I think for me personally, my biggest success has been my, me being self-aware and acknowledging where my strengths and weaknesses are and focusing more on my strengths and getting and having help in order to uh, assess the weaknesses. Yeah, I think that um, ego can be really, really damaging. And well, speaking in my own twenty-year entrepreneurial career, once I once I kind of crossed over from instead of being ego-driven, when I when I cared more about achieving my goal and I cared less about me being the smart guy who did it. In other words, you know, working with mentors and and using other people's ideas and things like that. That's when the growth really happens. So I think too many people yeah. kind of hold on to that. One more, another question I want to ask you real quick. We're quickly running out of time is delegation. I mean, you've clearly mastered that or, or as some people say, I wake up in a cold sweat every night thinking of how many things I'm not doing personally. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just be perfectly honest. I, I don't think I mastered that just yet. Um, I think if you were to talk to me six months from now, I think I'd probably have a better answer. Um, yeah. I think what's really hard is you have these, you have these um, ideologies or you have these like visions of like, this is what's going to happen during this period of time. And then it ends up not happening the same way. Or like maybe for example, and this happened relatively recently, somebody, um, one of our employees got deathly ill and you don't plan that, you know, like you have this vision of like, this is what's going to happen. This person is going to work in this capacity. Um, and then a, a huge wrench gets thrown into, and then you have to kind of like move and shuffle things around. 
So I think right now a delegation is, is still relatively a work in progress, so to speak, but it's something that I'm actively aware of and trying to get better at. Yeah. One thing that helped me, cause I, at one point I had like six different online businesses, then I started my coaching program. So I had to learn to delegate and yeah. I kind of thought of, um, you know, the Pareto principle, 80, the 80, 20 rule. And I thought if I could have somebody do what needs to be done, say 80% as good as I can, then that allows me to do these other things, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck on trying to find, oh, I just need to clone myself. <laughs> There's no clone of yeah. you, right? So just find people who can do it like almost as good as you and be happy with that because then you, it frees you up to do the other things. Yeah, I, I think that's incredibly important too. Um, I, I say that quite often, but I think from a challenging standpoint, like how good of a leader in life I had 10 versions of myself. Like I, if anything, I would want them to be 10 better versions of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how old you are, but you're very insightful. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, 30, I, I'm 31. <laughs> well, good for you. You're going to do very well. In our last uh, couple of minutes here, I just wanted to ask you fellow podcaster, tell me about your podcast, uh, Blind Entrepreneurship. Yeah, I think, the world of you could probably attest to this too, given your experience, but I think entrepreneurship is incredibly lonely. I think mm -hmm. it's incredibly hard and all of the people that are on social media trying to promote that it's this like, like amazing thing. I think they're incredibly wrong. I think entrepreneurship is like I said, lonely and dark at times. And so a lot, of, a lot of the times we're often or not, we're doing it blindly because we have, we really have no idea what the heck we're doing but we find a way to figure it out. And so the podcast's goal is to be able to just say, Hey, like you're doing this by yourself. And so, so are we, um, here's some tips in order to, to, to help you with it. And we can do this together. I think that's the, one of the greatest benefits of podcasts. First sure. of all, there's podcasts on freaking every topic. <laughs> but if you're interested in entrepreneurship, if you listen to shows which don't stay to the standard, you know, what's your favorite book or whatever, if you, I, that's why I like to dig into the stories because I think if people get inspired and motivated and they say, oh, well, maybe, okay, maybe I'm not the only one who's not perfect. You yeah. know, maybe I'm going to zigzag quite a bit before I move forward. So sounds like it sounds like a wonderful podcast. Yeah. And I think just acknowledging that you're not alone, I think is, is going to help too. Um, and reach out for help. I think again, going back to ego, I think our help, uh, I think our ego is very, uh, like, I don't need help. I, I don't want help, but I think by asking for help, even if it's just you listening to a podcast and investing in yourself for 25 minutes or so, I think can, can really make a huge benefit in your life. Well, what a, this half hour flew by, which is always my barometer of a, a fun show. Jonathan, thank mm -hmm. you so much. How can people connect with you at, at, uh, at uh, Penji? And also, if you want to give the address for uh, Blind Entrepreneurship, go for it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. And I appreciate everybody that's listening right now. Uh, Penji is penji.co, P-E-N-J-I dot C-O. Uh, and just uh, Google Blind Entrepreneurship Podcast, and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll help you out. Hey, what, um, where did the name Penji come from? Mm, good question. Um, it does have a meaning, but we've never told anyone. There's only <laughs> there's only four people that know: myself, my two business partners, and one employee that figured it out. 
and we told her to never tell anyone until we tell everybody. So, <laughs> it's like the Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe for yeah. <laughs> 12 herbs and spices. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, maybe in 50 years from the south of France, as you're, as you're growing your grapes, you'll, you'll slip and tell somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely over wine. Uh, you could be right. <laughs> there you go. Jonathan, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Jonathan Grisbowski from uh, Philadelphia, Chief Marketing Officer, co-founder of Penji. So go check him out. Uh, and I'm Captain Jim Palmer. If you're only connected with me here in the podcast, you can fix that. I'm all over social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can go to getjimpalmer.com. I think that is it until this time next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.